2: Yeah, you heard it there. This is Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network. That guy's sitting right over there. That's Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Chris and I are both riding high today. We are both diehard fans of the Oakland A's, and the A's <laughs> did what uh, we believe to be impossible uh, was win a winner-take-all playoff game. They beat the White Sox six to four in game three of the American League wildcard series. Don't turn the podcast off. We're not going to talk baseball the whole time or even for more than a minute. But it was a really exciting thing that happened in my life. And Chris, I think I think I don't want to speak for you, but having something just kind of go right just in general, given how things have been going, felt really, really good.
1: Yeah, I agree. I did have the thought, though, like, is this something that could only happen in 2020, given the A's struggles and the fact that they had the longest, the longest losing streak in elimination games in baseball history? Was it like just this only happens in 2020 and everything will go back to normal whenever the world goes back to normal and the A's will choke in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) and and then, and then trade away all their good young players?
2: They could easily lose in five games in the ALDS too, and then we're right back at square one. But right, right, exactly. I was despondent all day. They fall behind three nothing. I had written it off, and then they come back and they win six to four. It was amazing. Yeah. And it was a really good time. And I got to yell obscenities at my TV uh, for the first time in a long time. And it felt really, really good. Anyways, the, let's the talk. A's,
1: being an A's fan is a good, uh, like, it's. It, it's a good way. It teaches you to approach other humans, like how to approach relationships with other humans. Mm. Don't expect anything from anybody, and just be pleasantly surprised when something when someone does something good. That's sort of how fun, like dude. that that that's how I treat my relationship with the A's because I just always expect the worst because they always trade the best players because they never sign anybody good to long term contracts. Right, um, and they'll fail in the playoffs uh at some point and so if you just expect that then you're not really going to get heartbroken and if they do end up winning the world series then you could then you could actually really feel good about it without all the other emotional stuff that comes along with the losing
2: does that make sense dude i completely agree i mean really couldn't agree more and i honestly think that's why we get along so well because neither of us expect much from the other (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk 49ers football now. Uh, Got a little bit of news heading into week four. The 49ers host the Eagles are back home after their two-game New York swing. The 49ers host the Eagles on Sunday night football at Levi Stadium. And it looks like uh, not great news on the injury front, but some some slivers of good news. Uh, It sounds like George Kittle is going to be back. He was a limited participant in practice all last week. Of course, didn't play against the Giants. He's been a full participant this week. He told reporters in a video conference uh, that he is playing on Sunday and he looks forward to playing on Sunday. He could have played in week two had the injury happened later in the year. He would have played through it. That's what he's going to be. That's uh, according to the player. The player was fine, Uh, (laughs) which is always the case. But it also sounds like they're going to have Debo Samuel back. And Chris, I'm going to defer to you here because you were on the conference call with George Kittle who was the one that dropped the hint that Samuel was going to be back. But the 49ers opened Debo Samuel's practice window. He's been on IR for three weeks, so they can open his practice window. They have until 1 p.m. on Saturday to make a decision about whether to activate him or not. But it sounds like, based on what you were saying, Kittle said, uh, the, the 49ers are probably going to activate Samuel to have him out there on Sunday.
1: Yeah. So the question was posed to Kittle that, you know, how excited are you to have Debo back? And he was talking about, oh, I can't wait for Debo Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of alluding to it. He didn't say Debo. I know for a fact Debo's is going to play Sunday. And he didn't he wasn't asked the question directly. Is Debo playing Sunday? But I, I think Kittle, the way Kittle spoke about it, put, you know, led the reporters to believe that Kittle thinks Debo's going to play Sunday for whatever that's worth. That's not necessarily, um, like locked in a hundred percent Debo is going to play. And it could be by the time you're listening to this, Kyle Shanahan will, will have said on Friday afternoon, um, during his media availability that Debo, uh, will or won't be activated. So with the practice window yet, like you said, he can, he can be activated, um, Saturday afternoon. I would guess if Shanahan's going to do it, he would just say it, uh, on Friday. So, um what Shanahan said early in the week was, you know, it wasn't a guarantee that Samuel's gonna play. He needs to see how he practices, but Shanahan also said, We know he's healthy, we know he's uh been conditioning a lot and he's in good shape. Um, uh, we just need to see him play football for a couple of days before we just give him the green light to play. So Samuel obviously practiced Wednesday and Thursday and um I have no reason to believe that there's any reason Samuel won't play and hopefully I don't come out of this with egg on my face and the team says yeah we're gonna we're gonna give him a few more practices and have him next week against the Dolphins um but I think uh I think generally the assumption is right now as we speak that Samuel's gonna play and and I think it's likely that
2: Kyle Shanahan will confirm as much on Friday their offense could use it for sure having their number one receiver back uh, alongside Brandon Ayuk, who played so well in week three, uh, having Kittle back. I think we'd get a little bit of a, a better glimpse of what this offense is going to look like. Of course, still probably going to be without Raheem Mostert, probably going to be without Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's kind of what I want to talk about next, is Garoppolo hasn't practiced either Wednesday or Thursday. We're recording this Thursday night. It Kind of all signs pointing to Nick Mullins starting, and that's not a huge surprise. What I want to know is... And I've been kind of grappling with this all day, but do you think that, do you think that had Mullins gone out and thrown for like 110 yards, a touchdown and two picks and the Niners squeaked out a win if he'd be starting this week? Like, I know Shanahan Uh, said that wasn't how it would go, but it, it feels a little bit like that's how it's gone. Yeah,
1: I think that's, I think that's a good point. Cut. So what, one thing I've learned about Kyle Shanahan is that he would never admit to something like that right on the record in a press conference, right um and not any like smart that's not something a smart coach would do just in general so um yeah, I think there's a chance I, I think you know if we base the Garoppolo situation on the Kittle situation, you know, Kittle said if if it were a playoff game week two, so the game after he got hurt, he would have played. Um, Shanahan said earlier this week that Garoppolo, the, the team could have had Garoppolo practice late in the week last week, but decided not to. So to me, it would seem like Garoppolo probably could play this weekend if it was a winner go home scenario. But I think the 49ers realize that given what they've seen from the Eagles so far this season, that they could probably win the game with Nick Mullins. And that's probably also a sign of how strongly they feel about Nick Mullins right like mm-hmm. they they have Nick Mullins they know he can operate the offense and not fall f- flat on his face um oh it's it's warm in here you might hear my dog panning. <laughs> he just jumped What's up, up on the bed close to the mic he's a
2: big Nick Mullins guy Roscoe is he's very excited <laughs> to he got excited, he got, hear he got excited Nick Nick when uh, when
1: I started mentioning Nick Mullins um, <laughs> i might have to let him out here <laughs> but, but um so to me my read on the situation is that if it were A a scenario where you absolutely had to have Sunday's game, Garoppolo could potentially play. And I think it it was pretty telling that he was on the sideline last week against the Giants, um, given that it's an ankle injury, right? Like you typically wouldn't want somebody standing for four hours on an ankle injury. Right. Um, So that was telling to me. I, I think the 49ers in general are very conservative with injuries. Um and they will if anybody has anything minor they'll just put them on ice for a little while I think particularly at this point in the year um we talk about you know the COVID season and all that and sort of treating September or at least the first four weeks like the preseason um I, I think that could be what the 49ers are doing here and so to your point if Mullins looked terrible and the Niners were one and two right now. Um, I could see a scenario where Garoppolo is playing, but it's also a hypothetical. It's impossible to say, and football people do not like hypotheticals. Do if, if to to anybody out there who ever plans on asking a, a football coach anything in a press conference, don't throw a hypothetical at him because they will tell you they don't they don't operate in hypotheticals, and you won't get anywhere. Right. So, um, my but... my
2: favorite my favorite version of that was Shanahan when he got asked if there's a scenario where Mullins could basically play his way into the starting job. He's like, that's a scenario that doesn't exist, but I don't look beyond one game. Right. Like, All right. <laughs> right. Okay, dude. He's like, yeah, for right now, Fucking Jimmy Garoppolo is
1: absolutely the quarterback, but if if Mullins throws for 600 yards and uh, seven touchdowns, then it's going to be hard for me to take him out of the lineup. <laughs> right. But no, don't it's Jimmy's job. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's probably going to be Mullins because what one thing Kyle Shanahan said too was that um, he would need to see Garoppolo on the practice field, right, to prove he can move around and protect himself. Um, leading up to Friday, he he basically said that's those are the type of practices they have Wednesday and Thursday. Friday is more of a walkthrough. Right. So, given that Garoppolo hasn't practiced Wednesday and Thursday, I would think it's very unlikely that Garoppolo could prove to Shanahan that um, that he can move around and protect himself in a football setting when Friday's practice is really just sort of a, a walkthrough.
2: Another spot that we might see a new starter, a different starter is at cornerback. Um, The entire situation's up in the air. So if you've not been following along, Richard Sherman's on injured reserve. He's eligible to come off injured reserve after Sunday's game. Um, K1 Williams is dealing with a hip injury, but he was limited in practice on Thursday uh, Akella Witherspoon has been dealing with a hamstring injury. He didn't play in week two. It was a full practice on Wednesday, but limited Thursday. And Emmanuel Mosley hasn't practiced because uh, he still has a concussion that he suffered last week, which all of that is to say that it looks like Jason Verrett is probably going to start this week just based on the injury situation. But my 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 actual question is, once their entire secondary is healthy, do you think Jason Verrett, if he is healthy, starts next to Richard Sherman? I think if he plays
1: well. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Verrett is the best player among witherspoon and mosley and himself right like right. that trio verrett's right. the best guy the problem is is the injury issues of course and there isn't a there isn't a ton of track record there but it, it sounds like from everything i gather that um the 49ers are really really happy with how verrett played and obviously he's a former first round pick so there is that upside there that he has So, yeah, if Verrett is awesome against the Eagles, and then, you know, if Richard Sherman doesn't come back against Miami, if you save Sherman uh, for the Rams the following week, and then Verrett puts together another really good game against the Dolphins, then you really have to start thinking about it because, you know, Emmanuel Mosley hasn't been bad, but I don't think he's been great to the point where you absolutely can't replace him if you're getting more production from somebody like Jason Verrett. Um so I definitely think it's going to be interesting to watch it. W- Witherspoon situation is, is interesting or a little weird, maybe concerning because he was a full participant in Wednesday's practice today. He was limited. Um, right. when we were out there, uh, he was doing rehab stuff. He wasn't, he, he stretched with his teammates and then went and did rehab stuff during the individual portion of practice. Mm. So it could be that, um, it put it this way. It wouldn't surprise me if Witherspoon doesn't play on Sunday. So if he doesn't, um, I have no idea what's going to happen with Mosley today. He was running around with a helmet on, um, just sort of doing random conditioning sprinting stuff. And that's part of the protocol, being able to put a helmet on and, and do that stuff. But we'll have a better idea if Mosley plays uh, or if Mosley practices tomorrow and the steps he takes through the concussion protocol, because he could, he could theoretically return to practice tomorrow and then clear protocol in time for Sunday. But we don't know how right. that's going to go. So if that if Mosley and Witherspoon are out, it's going to be Verrett and Dante Johnson. Um, right. But anyway, back to your question. Yes, I think there's a scenario that exists that J- that would allow Jason Verrett to start opposite Richard Sherman when he comes back. I think that's certainly possible.
2: Uh, our guy, Eric Crocker, you can listen to him on the Striking Gold podcast, uh, also on Blue Wire. He also does a lot of really good film work on Twitter, and he did a breakdown with the All-22 of Jason Verrett showing against the Giants. And man, uh, he played really really well uh, i think he gave up two catches for nine yards uh one of them was a was a pretty tough catch on the sideline uh i i agree with you i i think that now health is the obvious concern there right yeah. like um his start last week was his first one since 2011 if he does start on sunday it'll be his first consecutive start since like october of 2016 yeah um so like that's a that's obviously a huge if, but man, um he looked he looked really good on Sunday. And given the forty ers issues up front with their pass rush, if they can get another corner who's gonna play at a really high level opposite Richard Sherman, that's uh very significant, I think.
1: Yeah, because even last year when they had the best pass defense in the league, the the thing was was always like, Well, what about the corner spot opposite Sherman? Right. Um, that could be exacerbated without the pass rush with Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner and D. Ford basically, you know, playing for another team or out. So if you could shore up your coverage and and really fix the only weak point the Niners defense had last year in the secondary, then you could be in a really good spot and you could win a little in in different ways um, than last year. But you would, you know, other there are other teams that build from back to front, not front to back like the Niners do, right? So. If you are good in coverage that's that could be a winning formula if they get a healthy season from Brett, which is a huge if right huge if because even during training camp he was healthy for like three weeks and then had the hamstring that cost him two um and kept him out of the first two games and only now has he has he put together really two straight weeks of practice and like right. you mentioned, he hasn't appeared in two straight games since twenty sixteen so it is a serious question mark
2: let's uh let's preview the Eagles. But first, we will take a quick break.
1: You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. And your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless drop-off delivery setting from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food will be on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code BlueWire. don't forget that's code BlueWire wire b-l-u-e-w-i-r-e all one word for five dollars off your first order with doordash thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents fewer than one percent of one percent of one percent of people will ever play professional football but instead of entering the nfl they've joined another league the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. It's been really hot lately. I've had a hard time beating the heat in my house, but it's I'll so be honest, I've had, I've had some ice cold Pepsi, and it's definitely helped. Oh, it's the best. So Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for watching football.
2: Speaking of football, the wait is finally over. Football is back. We just caught some red hot Jets, Broncos, Brett Rippon versus Sam Darnold. And let me tell you, folks, it didn't disappoint. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. That's right. You've got Jets, Broncos on the Thursday night slate doesn't interest you well hey make a little wager and then you have something to root for you have something to watch you're welcome from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else adam GaSe first coach fired not a bad bet you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day uh pro tip i would not no matter the odds place dollars on the Broncos or Jets to win the Lombardi Trophy this year. You're welcome for the free tip. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk yeah. about the Eagles. All right. Let's do that. They're not very good. They and certainly haven't played very well. No, and that's and that's I think the conundrum for me with the Eagles is they are 0-2 and 1. I might have earlier said they were 0-3. They're 0-2 and 1. They're winless. They they feel like an 0-3 team. They should have yeah, they it's a, they they have not played like a team that deserves any sort of win or even a tie. Right. But it's not as if they tore everything down and are starting from scratch. This is the core still of a team that, like, was in the Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago, I guess. Four yeah, they won ago. it in twenty seventeen. Like, this is and and it's a lot of the same guys. It's the same coach. It's the same quarterback who was an MVP candidate that year, and their injury situation's rough. They that's a, that's a huge part of it. Yes. They lost two starting offensive linemen before the season even began. And I think that's having kind of a, a trickle down effect on their entire offense. But one of the notes today that I saw on the internet that you also have here in the rundown is the Jets had in practice on Thursday. The Eagles. The Eagles had. The Eagles had in practice on Thursday one wide receiver active from their 53 men roster
1: Ooh. yeah it's not great one it's it's
2: really not great it's <laughs> like a guy who played quarterback in college is their best receiver yeah that's where the is that Greg Ward. Are. yeah
1: yeah so deshaun jackson's questionable he didn't practice um I don't know what's happening with Alshon Jeffrey. He came back to practice last week. He hasn't played since December. He has had surgery in the offseason to correct a, a Liz Frank injury in his foot, which is really tricky. Um, and so I don't know what to expect. Like, there's a chance the Eagles add like two practice squad receivers who get significant playing time on Sunday. Um, that's obviously not good. Jalen Rager's out their first round pick from TCU, a guy who I watched a little bit on YouTube um aka in in the lab you you popped the film in yeah I popped the film in, spent some time in the lab breaking down Jalen Rager um which also means watching highlights <laughs> and uh but no he's a guy I liked and somebody that Doug Peterson obviously liked enough to to take before the 49ers took Brandon Ayuk um but there's just not a lot of positives going on right now with the Eagles and they look like a terrible team the numbers back it up Carson Wentz, who was probably going to win the MVP in 2017 before he tore his ACL against the Rams, um, has like literally the worst numbers in the league among like any starting quarterback, even worse than coming into tonight. I know, um, Sam Darnold played tonight, but I I know this week coming into this week, he was dead last in quarterback rating and like yards per attempt were
2: way down and, um, and tied for the most interceptions
1: yeah six interceptions just like really really terrible stuff from a guy who a lot of people thought would be like i remember in 2017 there was conversation like is there is there another quarterback you'd rather build around than josh than uh, carson wentz right and a lot of people a lot of smart people were like no like he's number one for me right now yeah um And so it's just crazy to see how poorly things are going for him and the Eagles offense. But I I think the injuries are a huge part of it. He doesn't look like he trusts his offensive line. Right. Um, He doesn't look healthy. Uh, Just watching him, just watching the last two games, he doesn't look like somebody who's like fully in tune with his body and whose fundamentals are like 100% correct. So there's a lack of trust of the offensive line. There's probably health issues. And, his receivers are injured and or terrible. Um, He can't
2: get the ball to the receivers. He does have. Right, right. So
1: all that being said though, which is why this game is so weird is a lot of times in the NFL, the exact opposite of what you think is going to happen happens. And the Eagles still have that pedigree of a team that won the Super Bowl and they have a hellacious stretch of games coming up and they're really back. Their, their backs are really up uh, up against the wall and so i could see them having a kitchen sink effort and when you look at their formula for winning it starts with their defensive line and their pass rush particularly along the interior with fletcher cox
3: mm-hmm. and
1: that's probably the achilles heel of the 49ers offense at this point is right. is their pass protection from the center and guard spots so the it could be a letdown performance and it could be something where Fletcher Cox has two sacks and forces a fumble and Nick Mullins throws a couple picks. And then it's really a game that could go either way. Right. Not because I think if the 49ers play like they did last week or the last two weeks and the Eagles play like they did the last two weeks, then the Niners will blow them out. But that's just not how this usually works. And I think that given it's going to be on Sunday night, it's going to be in front of a national television audience. I could see the Eagles coming out and playing hard. Yep um it might just be they don't have the horses which would make which would make sense
2: there's um, a there's but... a version and the reason the reason to me i i i can't just pencil in a, a 49ers w is and i think this is a little bit what you were saying or maybe all the way what you were saying just articulated differently <laughs> i <laughs> the eagles have a lot of good players where if you told me they just kind of figured it out and scored 31 points and held Nick Mullins and the 49ers to 20 points. It would just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They figured it out. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. That, that's not like a prediction or anything, but that's why I'm not just going, Oh yeah. The, eager, the 49ers are going to roll. The Eagles are Oh, two and one and they haven't looked good. Yeah. They still so, have good players.
1: Yeah. I, I was thinking about this too. Like last year they started out one and two. They beat Washington, mm-hmm. lost at Atlanta, um, and then lost at home to Detroit, and in a game that they totally should have won, right? And everybody's like, "What the hell's wrong with with the Eagles? Carson Wentz isn't playing well. Right. How are they losing games at home to teams they should beat?" And then on a Thursday night, they went to Green Bay and beat the Packers thirty four twenty seven, and sort of you know got got a little bit of their swagger back. And then they ended up, you know, they. They didn't have a great year. They finished 9 and 7, won the NFC East and then um lost in the first round of the Seahawks, but like I think that game like the Packers last year could happen again. Like they could come to San Francisco and the thing too without fans, like with fans, you know, a primetime game for the defending NFC champions, like that place would be rocking on a Sunday night.
2: Yeah, right? absolutely. Like yeah.
1: George Kittle back, Debo back. It could be, you know, like the Monday night game against the Browns last year, right? Like that place was bananas yeah, in the first half.
2: Yeah.
1: And the the crowd had a lot to do with that, right? Just the atmosphere. Um, that's how blowouts can get away from you if you're a road team in a hurry, right? And that's right. sort of how I look at this. But the Niners won't have the crowd to um the crowd to contribute to that. It'll be an empty stadium. So it's like the momentum that you have generally translates to the crowd but you're not going to have the crowd there so when you hit a lull is is momentum going to be able to shift quickly in the game right, right. like cuz that that sort of felt like it was it happened in against the Arizona uh Cardinals in week 1 mm-hmm. um so i do think that's a little bit of a unique factor to think about But yeah, I mean, just just everything on paper and everything on the eye test tells me that the Niners should roll the Eagles. But everything I know about the NFL, too, is that expect the unexpected and rely on pedigree. And I do think the Eagles have that pedigree. And we saw it last year in that Green Green Bay game, which is why I bring it up. And so maybe that's, you know, maybe there is a great performance coming from Carson Wentz after getting buried 20 times over by, you know, the local media in Philadelphia
2: this week. The Eagles are a team that's playing bad. I don't think they're a bad team. And maybe they continue. Circumstances are terrible. And maybe they continue playing bad against the Niners and the Niners route them. But there's a very real scenario where they start to figure it out. And it's a much tougher game for the 49ers and Nick Mullins.
1: Yeah, it's possible. It's also possible. The Niners win by 20 points.
2: Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm open to all scenarios, but this isn't like a Jets game. Right. Um, or, or, or even the Giants, where I think in hindsight, um, there was a lot of hand wringing over who the Forty ers were rolling out, and it was never going to matter because the Giants are bad. Uh, right. This is not. This is this is not that. Uh, even though the Niners could could roll them, I'm, I'm, a little more skeptical because uh, I think the Eagles do still have good players. Yeah, and a good coach like Doug Peterson, our coach Bill Belichick, in a Super Bowl. Yeah, so I'm not writing. Absolutely.
1: The, the Eagles are one of those scary teams that you just will like always if... like will <laughs> always play you tough. You you think that's why this yeah. year is so alarming for them so far, because yeah. they have looked exactly. so bad.
2: And it could be one of those things where they lost a couple of key pieces in the offseason and they didn't have a chance to integrate new players. And this yeah. is basically acting as a preseason for them. And they'll figure it out in a month and they'll they'll rip off seven straight against a bunch of good teams. So. Yeah. So they lose. Um, right they now, lose, the Eagles are bad, though.
1: They lose at Washington. They lose to the Rams at home, um, 37 19. They lose at Washington the after
2: being up like 17 nothing.
1: Right. They tie the Bengals at home and they just look really, really terrible. And this is why I think, you know, their backs are up against the wall. They go at 49ers, at Steelers, Ravens at home, Giants at home, Cowboys at home, and then they're by. But like, Niners, Steelers, Ravens. That's brutal is brutal when you're 0-2 and 1. Like yeah. it's very there's a chance they're they're 0-5 and 1 in 3 weeks. But there's also yeah. a chance that like oh they they beat the Niners, get their swagger back and and then all of a sudden they're not this terrible team that they were the first the first right. month of the season basically.
2: Right. That being said, I think the 49ers are going to win. I agree. Because you you said you didn't think they'd have the horses and I think that's I think that's really kind of what it comes down to is to take advantage of the 49ers uh weaknesses right now on defense that they they're with their injuries in the backfield or in the secondary you need like we saw Daniel Jones unable to take advantage of that right. and if Carson Wentz is running out Greg Ward Jr and then Chris Biederman and Kyle Madsen in at receiver and Zach Ertz has not been awesome he gets a ton of targets but I just don't think he's quite the dynamic player he was and they lost Dallas Goddard yeah Dallas Goddard's dealing with an ankle injury ankle fracture I think yeah he's on IR so it's just there you need weapons to kind of try and take advantage of of some of the the shortcomings for the 49ers right now and I just don't think they I don't think they have it whereas the Niners are getting two of their key weapons back or they should be with Kittle and, and Samuel
1: if and when Nick Mullins, um, we think Nick Mullins is probably going to play well. He'll have George Kittle yeah. back. The Eagles' defense is, you know, it's good up front, but it it could probably be had by Kyle Shanahan. Their
2: linebacking course stinks. Right. I don't
1: know about their secondary right now either. Um. So say Nick Mullins throws for. I'm 250- checking
2: Pro Football Focus. You keep going. Okay.
1: Let say Nick Mullins throws for 260 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Niners win by 17. Mm-hmm. Um. In Philadelphia, are they doing radio show segments about trying to replace Carson Wentz with Nick Mullins next year?
2: One thousand percent. God, I wish I could I, I wish there I could would be, listen to it. That would be awesome. There would be there would inevitably be the like start Jalen Hurts chatter, because that's already happening.
1: Yeah, that's already happening.
2: But there would definitely be some hosts it would be like well screw that i want a guy i know i can play and nick mullins he's good and then they'd be (laughs) able to say like do you know how many do you know how many quarterbacks have more passing yards for their first nine starts two and one of them's patrick mahomes yeah they would be stuff like that
1: (laughs) yeah nick mullins is uh what first first eight starts he's behind only mahomes and andrew luck is, it, is Cam Newton on that list, too? I think it's Mahomes' uh, luck.
2: I think it's Mahomes' luck. and at, After eight games, Cam Newton was there. Nine games, I don't think he's there anymore. Okay,
1: so Nick Mullins is basically just a little bit worse than Patrick Mahomes. That's what we're saying. <laughs> but it's funny how all this stuff works, right? Like, everybody, you know, like, people, Stat- look, <laughs> people look at stats like that, and it's right. like catnip, and it's like, oh, that's all we need to know. Oh, like, Nick Mullins is... Tied Joe Montana's record for you no know, consecutive 220 yard games to open his career. Like, yeah, why why isn't Mullins starting over Garoppolo? Garoppolo doesn't have that stat. Well, it's like context matters, but also like with Mullins and Montana, I don't we we don't need to go here. But like different eras. Um, yeah, no,
2: I'm, stat I'm... right. Stats are supplemental.
1: Right, right. Stats are supplemental. That's a good way to put it. They don't tell the entire story. They they help you tell a story. Yes. Um. But it's just it's hilarious how. Yeah, because Carson Wentz could theoretically bounce back, win MVP next year, and then be considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league, like it was two years ago, three right. years ago.
2: Right. Crazy. Uh, predictions. Then no, we'll get out of here.
1: Uh. Okay. I'm gonna do this off the top of my head. Um. Nick Mullins good in primetime. He is. Remember that Raiders game. PTN. Um man 30 to 17 home team 49ers
2: 30 Eagles 17 or 32 yeah. to 17
1: 30 <laughs> <laughs> sorry 49ers 30 <laughs> Eagles 17
2: <laughs> Uh okay Nito, I like that while I I while I think that There's a better version of the Eagles than the one we've seen through three weeks. Um, The reality is that they're not. I don't I don't think they're going to be good enough. They might improve a little this week. I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat the Niners. Um, I think it's 49ers 31 uh, Eagles 21. I think they get in the end zone three times. Um, but maybe one of those games that the Niners kind of control the whole way, and it's never it's never as close as as the score kind of looks. So like I, I feel like thirty one twenty one Niners.
1: Something super weird would have to happen for the Eagles
2: to win. I feel like like yeah, it would need to be like a bunch of turnovers by the Niners or like, like a blocked field goal or
1: some for some reason CJ Beathard's in the game and like you know Kittle aggravates an injury or whatever like something the Niners aren't prepared for happens and then they have to adjust and can't do it um that's how I think the Niners would have to lose this game because I I just don't think the Eagles are going to have the horses to outplay the Niners um and I know the Niners aren't close to full strength either but like how many players do you get to like best players in the game we we have this conversation sometimes with, with Nick in our group chat like of all the best players in this game how far down the list do you go to get to the the first Eagle and so like
2: Dude, in theory, the Eagles have, like,
1: a bunch of players. But that they're would all be hurt. Like, the Brand, you'd have Brandon Brooks on there. You'd have Lane Johnson on there for sure. Johnson's healthy. Um, but, like, f- right now it seems like Fletcher Cox is probably, like, the fourth or fifth best guy in the game. And all the other guys are 49ers, right? Like, you'd take Kittle. Um, yeah, but, but you'd there's... You'd take Fred Warner. You'd yeah, take Trent there's, Williams.
2: But there's a, ver- there's a version of Carson Wentz where, like, you're taking Carson Wentz first. Right. We just haven't seen anything close to that. Right. Time. And yeah,
1: maybe you're right. Maybe that, maybe that shows up. But for me right now, it's like... Hey, the
2: president just tweeted that he has COVID. No, he didn't. I swear to God. Tonight, FLOTUS and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. All we have never so done point. a... Uh... Never done a breaking news thing, and I was going to wait till after the pod, but th- that just felt like something that needed to be said. On the podcast so people know that we are well-rounded individuals who don't have our head in the sand with sports all the time so that's what happened the president
1: has COVID 19 oh my god okay um i'm not i don't want to elaborate on this on no this we podcast. don't have to i just
2: felt like breaking news <laughs> wow we need to announce this now uh just so it. and by the time you're listening to this you probably know and there's been a million things coming out about it but uh yeah It just that's one of those things i was i looked over at tweet deck and saw that scroll across so
1: okay well on that want to wrap the pod. (laughs) 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 transitions
2: yeah hope everybody Uh, i mean hope
1: everybody's healthy you don't stay safe wear a mask
2: please yeah be everybody
1: Um, um and and also everybody in the north bay dealing with the fires and stuff still thinking about you guys um so hope everyone's safe and uh, with all that. It's a tough scene. It's it's just it's brutal.
2: But to anyway. every a hey, to everybody listening to this podcast, like you're you're making it. You're doing it. Keep going. Thank you I'm proud of you. And I that sounds like I'm juggling that. Like life is hard. Usually, it's been harder. And uh, you're making it. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh subscribe, rate, review, do all that jazz. Uh, but like I said, mostly wear a mask. Stay safe. Uh be nice to people. And we will see you guys after the 49ers and Eagles game.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.